yeah, it's just like, you know what? You don't have to tell your story to everybody. You don't always have to be understood, but it might help one person. And that's where you just need to open up to when you feel led, like open up. Um, you don't, we don't have to share all our struggles and, and just go around and say, we're not perfect. And we've had all these problems, but when it matters and when you, you feel that it could be a help just being vulnerable and saying, Hey, this is how I got through this, you know, or sometimes you can't say you've been gotten through it, but you're going through it. And maybe that's a help to someone. Welcome back, everyone, to No Experience Required. My name is Chase, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen. It's good to be here. And today we are joined by two very special guests. Hi, I'm Leona. <laughs> and? I'm Caitlin. Caitlin is back. I'm back. Yeah. back. <laughs> so Caitlin's been on before. Leona, this is your first time. Yeah. They How hope it's feeling? not three times straight. I feel or... like I got invited because I'm Caitlin's friend. <laughs> feeling really good. Guilty by Honored. association. <laughs> yeah. We actually just felt like we had to have Caitlin on at the same time. You're really the excuse we'd got they to really have. They really want Leona, Leona but... <laughs> that kind of was Yeah, it, they knew I would be mad that. if I wasn't included. Well, I'd have too much FOMO. Thanks for yeah, having that's us. that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's so awesome to have you guys on. Honestly, when we first started the podcast, one of the very first things we had said was, we need to have Caitlin and Leona on. And... Now it's happening. And you guys had mentioned that early on, too. I'm glad to hear that to because I kind of wondered on. why you hadn't had us on. <laughs> yeah. So well, they were watched. waiting for season yeah. two. Yeah, you had Caitlin, and I was actually pretty jealous. Yeah, yeah. she was super jealous, actually. I actually didn't tell her. <laughs> I didn't tell her that I was going to do the podcast because I knew she'd be, like, wanted to do it so bad. So I told I her I just afterwards. felt like I was more qualified and just <laughs> would have been a better sure. guest. And then, I mean, always. Always. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. And you really on. set yourself up. There's a lot of expectation. I just have five more years than Caitlin of experience. Oh, of yeah. age. Yeah. And wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And knowledge. Mm -hmm. And traumas and all the, yeah. the above. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This so, is going to be an interesting one. Uh, already the conversations before. I really wish we would have started recording earlier because, yeah, I think we would have already things started. But I figure we'll make our way back around again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some interesting stuff to talk about. I, I like how we spent about two hours chatting with each other before recording. Mm -hmm. We might have missed all. I know. We have nothing more to say. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to say hi, and we're back, and that's it. All right, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> it's a good time. I think with you, there's got to be an expectation that it's going to be something exciting, something controversial. and <gasps> Me? Yeah. You as in Caitlin. <laughs> I know. I feel like sometimes when I look back and listen back to my other podcasts, I need to like listen and apologize. Do you really? Um, How often do you listen back to it? I actually never have listened back, but <laughs> thinking back on it, thinking back. I don't know. I it's just hard. People, I some, actually sometimes when people say they listen to my podcast, I like get a cringe of like, oh man, did I offend you? Like, so like, are you listening? Like, oh, I listen to yours. And I'm like, oh. It is weird knowing you're being recorded. Yeah. That's why I yeah, don't yeah. like to leave voice messages for people. <laughs> well, but or even write letters. What? Um, like, I just I love like voicemails. to talk in person because then hopefully they'll forget what I said. 
That's why you send audio text messages and stuff. Well, that, yeah, I yeah. hope that Caitlin deletes all her audio texts. On <laughs> Only yeah. the like disappear. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Caitlin was actually, were you our first guest? Yeah. Mm, wasn't no. she? No, I think Ryan, Ryan was our Ryan first was the first guest. one? Yeah. Okay, so Caitlin was on second then, and she brought the topic of masculinity and chivalry in today's day and age. Feminist. Uh, feminism. And all that stuff. So we should just dove straight in. Yeah, I should really dive good. deep into anything. So no pressure, but what do you have for us today? Oh, look up the hottest topic and I can make anything controversial. I'm oh. um, pretty much, um, yeah, I better. See, I got to just be quiet. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned, you think back on the episode we had recorded back then. Sometimes you feel like you have to apologize. But yeah. when we came in for the second part of that, um, Chase had asked, if there was anything we've like kind of changed or if there was anything we kind of heard back and maybe wanted to like correct or whatever. And I don't think <laughs> either of us had any points yeah. we wanted to like. I don't think I just respond. firmly entrenched in what you believe, huh? Just, yeah. Yeah. Moon landing's fake. And yep. Absolutely. Mm. Oh yeah. 50, 50. <clears throat> so Leona, our last episode, we were talking about the moon landing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we they I, filmed I, that at Sunset Crater, you know, <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There's our answer. Yeah, right here in Flagstaff. I actually love that she added a whole new layer to it. It's now they landed here near our home, Sunset Crater. Where did you hear there. this from? Oh, I've seen it, and You've it looks the exactly. They have a picture there. That's where they trained the astronauts. Did you not know this? It is. They actually did. There's a, a course out in Cinders, like literally right behind where Old House was, Sister Sue's and all them's house. If you walk oh, yeah. back in there, it says that's where the lunar driving course training is. Yeah. So tell me and now, that and you, you believe still believe in the moon landing. <laughs> Chase. Yes. All three against one. <coughs> Where's Wait, Ryan? do you now believe, just... do you believe the moon, the moon landing happened or do you think it's fake? It happened honesty. at Sunset Crater. <laughs> no, did so it land the on the moon? Didn't. The I Sunset mean, Crater landing. I don't know. I feel like if they had been to the moon, they would have seen the earth as flat. <laughs> And people still think the Earth is round, so I feel like they haven't actually seen it. That's very true. <laughs> from space. I like that. That's it's a good point. It's all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> it's all, the, is Earth again. real? Here we go again. I'm like, are we Maybe here? Maybe we're from the moon, and we are landed we? on Earth, and we just never found a way to get back. Yeah. Moon. You never know. Moon. This is just one of our delusions, and someone here is just hallucinating all of this, creating other people. Which one is it? Me, most Who's likely. <laughs> I don't think any of you guys Which are real. real. I have this conversation at least three times a week. With And you yourself? guys haven't been over this week, so <laughs> I don't know if you're over now or not. Have you guys ever thought that, that this is all just your dream? Literally, all you're doing is dreaming, so and that's actually, one day you'll wake up and have lived this whole life, and it's not actually real? It's kind um, of a sign like of OCD, actually. Where, um, it's like one of the first telltale signs of OCD. Really? It is, Thinking yeah. everything is not real? No, just having like weird kind of paranoid thoughts of like, what if this is fake or what if, you know, mm. but that's just like TikTok talking, not uh -oh. a therapist. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> but uh -oh. I have had the thought, like, I think I shared this with you. I sometimes think like, what if I'm like crazy, you know, or not crazy, but like trapped in my own mind and I'm like in a ward somewhere and I, or like, I'm actually not like high functioning in society and I think I am but everyone's too nice to tell me that <laughs> like you know that I'm not all there it's basically Shutter Island but for just a normal yeah, it's life just for a normal guy like I genuinely think that you're actually functioning pretty well 
for that. Okay. Yeah. She read that off her script. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what if they paid you to say that? I don't know. She's like, do I read this right now? Do I read this now? She's like, do I tell him? <laughs> is this? Do is we, this, do we is euthanize him right now? <laughs> euthanize? <laughs> I meant, uh, what is it? What's the term? Euthanize is, yeah. is to kill you. No, I meant to put to sleep, not kill me. Oh, well, that would be sedate uh, you. Sedate yeah. me. Wow. That's what Leona's here for. It's like you're, you know how you, you're going to put down nurse. a dog and everyone like gets the nice last meal. That's what we're doing. We're just coming all to hang out with you. Except I made the, <laughs> I made it for myself. You're the worst people ever. We made you cook your own last meal. Uh, all right, Leona, Sorry. how do you feel? Now that we're we're a few minutes into this episode, I know before we started recording, you were a little. I was call nervous. You, you were yeah. a little nervous. I just feel like being recorded for everyone to hear. Just kind imagine, of nerve-wracking. Just imagine this, right? Like we had gone to New York last year, um, Caitlin, Leona, and myself, and a few other people, and a few other people. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant we were there at the same time. <laughs> what? When was this? What month? <laughs> Clarify that. It wasn't just the it three of us. It was a group of us, but three of us were there, the ones yeah. that are in this room, right? Yeah. And you were going around New York City just talking to everybody. Random people. With oh, like no filter. my word, you guys. Yeah, I love talking to people so just and asking them questions. Imagine you're talking to all those people you met in New York City right now. Imagine yeah. you're listening to this. Maybe you're just checking up on them. You know? I Yeah, I love people watching, talking, all of that. But it gets me into trouble because we went to the paint <laughs> store the other day and I started a conversation with someone that would not stop talking. And then that you know I was what she not did? interested. She knowing. turned her back and she said, I'm sorry. And then she walked away. And I'm like, <laughs> did you really? so I, yeah, I was like, I can't talk to this guy anymore. So she just left him with you? Yeah. Hmm. Because Caitlin's mean enough to be like, okay, we have to go. <laughs> Not Caitlin starts it, but I'll be the mean one. To- you can't tell people that you just don't want to talk to them? No. Really? No, I'm like the world's Ugh. biggest people pleaser. Biggest people liar. pleaser. I didn't know that. Liar. Whoa. No, I've been called <laughs> a liar. <laughs> I have gotten myself into some very deep lies. But the Lord is really helping her. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know the sad thing is her lies are just because she's trying to people please. It's not like she's a lot like she's not trying to like lie. She's just such a people pleaser. I would ask you this. Yeah, I would ask you if this is true, but I don't know if I can trust you anymore. (laughs) I usually made it right, but I definitely struggle with not saying (laughs) truthful things. What is or trying to make people happy? It's not that it's not truthful, but. Well, yeah, you're a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're opposites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, just a people I'm just like, yeah, people displeaser. Yeah, she's like, but I hope to displease you. Yeah. Way too happy today. I got a mission. Yeah, I, I kind of get that though, because if my old roommates ever listen to this, which I don't think they will, but back when I had roommates, um, this was quite a few years ago. Didn't you I, live with Ryan and Naomi? They no, to it. no, these were like roommates that I met getting into this apartment. Um, I, they always used to be in the living room and, and I would hate having to walk in cause I knew they were going to stop me and talk to me for hours. And I would have like, I'd be coming back from a photo shoot with my backpack on like my shoes and they would stop me in my tracks and they would talk and I didn't know how to like get out of it. So I would stand at the doorway that whole time and I'm not kidding you. I would sometimes stand there up to three hours talking, oh, not even kidding. Really sad. And then finally, I, I just would slowly start walking more and more. But they were just in the middle of this story, so then I would just 
stand by my bedroom door for another while, like another yeah, 40 minutes. I feel you. It's no. horrible. So when I would leave my bedroom, I would fake a phone call. <laughs> And I would like talk on the phone like, oh, hey. And then I would just wave at them while I was walking out the door. Oh my goodness, I saw this funniest video of this lady. She's like, watch my mom try to get off the phone. And she goes outside and rings her own doorbell. And she's like, hey, someone's at the door. (laughs) And I was like, that is genius. I'm going to use it. I've seen that. That's hilarious. But I, you and I have like the same birth month, birthdays. We do. We're We're both both Libras. Libras. Here we go. Here we go. In we go. And that's actually one of my worst qualities is the people pleasing yeah. and I feel like this sounds so best. vain but so many best. people think I'm really nice is this not true <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually not because I get so stressed out and then I'll like lie and I'll be nice to people up front but behind no, their back no I'm that's kind of like, not true yeah, you, I know you are nice behind their back too. You are nice <laughs> to their face and nice to them. you just get so stressed out because you so want to make sure they're okay and you want to help and you want to do this. Yeah, she's really nice. I want to start saying no more. So it's she, ironic. She told me that last year too. That was yeah, her new resolution for 2022. Resolution 23, for year. 24. That actually terrifies me. Like it's a, no. It's a no. It's a terrible like a feeling when talking with Steven. I hate to imagine that he's telling me to be nice. And I would much rather just hear the truth. <clears throat> yeah, oh. but uh, yeah, I've lied to you. Quite I would, a lot in my yeah, life. I bet. I'm just kidding. I've never, I've never lied to you <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> no, I would, I would much rather you someone just be like straight up and honest and do that and then let it go because I would feel terrible <clears throat> if they were doing it just to be nice to me yeah. and I'm like making them miserable. Well, for some I know for myself that I care about things more than I know other people even care about. So it's like I'm going out of my way to be nice when they don't even care. And that's dumb. Mm, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you think that it matters to them, but if you just told them <clears throat> no or were like, hey, I'm not interested, they wouldn't care. That's what I think. But then for people like us who say yes to everything our whole lives and then we say the one no, I feel mm-hmm. like people would hate us for it. Mm-hmm. No. I feel like we've conditioned people to like to expect yes expect, from us. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think that's a bad thing. I think, yeah. It's definitely toxic. It can be toxic. I think, well, and the funny thing is, is I am such a people pleaser and for the most part, and I'm super passive in a lot of ways. And then in some ways I'm not, but it's funny. Cause like Chase mentions, like he'd hate to think like, oh, maybe they're just being nice. But then I also on the flip side would hate to think like, I am capable of speaking out for myself at times. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm telling, like I'm telling the truth or like, if I really don't want to do something like yeah, if it bothers me that. enough, like I will say, or like I will, that's what I say. But I think people who know me are probably like, no, that's why I was so worried. So I, made, I made him steak and eggs and he's not a steak person and he's never had steak and eggs for breakfast. And so I was so nervous the whole time because I was just afraid. And I still am. I still actually don't believe him. I thought you told me you didn't like it. There we go. Is that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I asked Ryan, I, before we started the last podcast, I asked Ryan. I was like, okay, just tell he me the truth. What did Ryan, he tell like you? if I just straight up lied to Chase. <laughs> And I was quite offended. Chase also is a liar himself, but he's a good liar. I'm a reformed liar. Chase is not a liar now, but he could lie and lie good. Like, (laughs) yeah. I've caught Chase in a few lies. Hmm. Have you? I have. But I just never brought him up because I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, What are they? Oh. Nothing. Last year. (laughs) Were they? (laughs) 
Are you just lying now? <laughs> no. He's a nervous, a nervous But you're lie. turning red. I am, yeah. Now I'm like, what did I say? What kind of lies are these? I'm really nervous right now. So I'll tell you one of the lies I got caught in, which is so dumb. Wait, but which story is this? The one in Florida. Oh, this is my favorite story, guys. Oh, gosh. I was in somebody's wedding, and I went down to Florida, and then... Like two or three people. Well, we'll say two. I'm exaggerating. Not that many people wanted to have me over. But <laughs> so anyways, two people wanted to have me over. And I like rushed to this one person's house to have dinner. And then I was going to rush to this other person's house for dessert. And they were supposed to do like hair and all that for the wedding. So I was running late and I didn't want to tell the first people that I had another appointment. And then I didn't want to tell the second people that I was eating dinner somewhere else. So I was trying to keep this on the DL, the download. <laughs> so I'm like rushing over to the second people's house and I get there and they're like, so have you eaten dinner? And I was like, oh yeah. And they're like, where? And I was like, Taco Bell. <laughs> and they're like, we don't have a Taco Bell here. And I was like, oh yeah, it, I was actually out of town, just needed to go on a drive. And, and they're like, mm, okay. And so I went home. I didn't know them very well. Oh. And as soon as I got home, I was like, Caleb, I lied. He's like, oh, my gosh, about what? And I was like, I said I went to Taco Bell, and I didn't. <laughs> so and I did call this lady and actually told her. I felt convicted. And I was like, hey, I didn't eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> she was just like, okay. She's yeah, like, I don't it care. was so dumb. I don't even know why I lied about it. That's very also, honorable of you. Joel pooped on the carpet. <laughs> on their <laughs> the first carpet? people's house, yes. <laughs> what? Wow, you just burned it some bridges really while you were there. It was really stressful, yeah. <laughs> was it the Taco Bell that made him poop on the carpet? <laughs> <laughs> She's all, that's what she told him. Yeah. I'm so sorry, the Taco Bell Taco must have Bell. upset his stomach. They're like, we don't have Taco Bell the first people. <laughs> yeah, so those are the you kind of lies I get caught in. <laughs> You're currently having dinner with us. What do you mean you've Right. <laughs> but there's a lot of stories like that that are just, it's no need. And the funny thing is my mom's European. She's very blunt. She will tell you if she doesn't like you, if she can't do something. So I don't know why I am the way I am. Yeah, that does surprise me. Probably because yeah. your mom is just straightforward. Yeah, I have felt like I've had to like cover for her a lot. You know, <laughs> when I remember she got invited to a Tupperware party <laughs> and it was someone at church. And they're like, hey, Louisa, we're having a Tupperware party. And she's like, I don't like them. It's just church people ripping church people off. <laughs> and I was like right next to her. And then she just walked off. And I was like, oh, she doesn't mean that. It's just that we don't use plastic because of the BPA. <laughs> they're like, this is glass. Wow, that was quick. It's the glass. Uh. But yeah, I feel like I've had to cover for her because I feel like she offends people. But maybe she's just being straightforward and honest. And you know what's Another funny trait you mentioned that is you feel the need to have to like make peace on her behalf. Yeah, I'm definitely a mediator. Hmm. I, I feel like like your mom never offends me, and I think it's just personalities. <laughs> she likes what you. is it? What are we saying? Nurture or nature? Nature. nature. I feel like if you have the personality to be offended easily, like you're gonna find something to be offended about all the time. But I, I'm, to, I feel like I'm really hard to offend when I am. But oh, you watch out. easily offend people. But I easily <laughs> offend people. I probably Best easily offend people. Worlds. I probably easily offend people because I don't feel like a lot offends me. You know, that's <laughs> funny you say that, though, because oh, no. I feel like I am friends with people that are offensive. 
That's <laughs> it's because she's attracted am, to her mom. Hey, am I offending you? I'm though. sorry. <laughs> no, it's just that like people in my life, like Caleb, Caitlin, <laughs> Caleb, your, my all mom. your friends are like type A personalities. Yeah. And huh. I feel like I I really feel like no one else could put up with them except for me. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> That's why. But um yeah, it's just it's interesting. I'm not easily offended, uh, but I do get offended. I'm sensitive, but I don't know. So do you feel like you're not easily offended? But you say so is it like a miss? Um, a miscalculation on level on like what you'll say because you're not offended so you'll say whatever because you don't think that you'll offend anybody or do you understand that you will and no I don't think I intentionally I mean don't get me wrong there is times when I want to pick a fight and I'm like okay I will pick a fight but I don't feel like I'm like intentionally like are there times when you don't feel like picking a fight that's the question I'm sure when I'm sleeping (laughs) You're like when I'm in bed. Now your dreams are probably actually my actually my dream last night is fighting somebody. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's not. <laughs> I just <clears throat> yeah. So is it? What do you? Why do you feel like? What's your problem? <laughs> what? problem is like you, you. So you say you feel like you say offensive things, or you you will mm. offend people. Why do you think that is? Because it bothers her so much. She's so scared. That she won't, that she will offend somebody, that she'll tell a fabrication to avoid it and not to be mean or to avoid something, but just to avoid hurting somebody's feeling, which is a good intent. I just don't like games. Like people play, I feel like people play a lot of games and it's a lot of, so I'm just like, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm just like. I feel like we're going to have to like make sure this friendship lasts the end of this podcast. (laughs) No, no, no. Whoever's listening might not be. No, whoever's listening might not be. I just don't like, I'm like just kind of how you said you don't just say it to my face. Like I can take it. And if I'm offended or I get upset, like I'll work through it. We might not talk for a little bit, but I'll work through it. But I'm like, do not. I just would rather be upfront with somebody because I don't like games. I don't like when people like manipulate the situation or passive aggressive or gaslighting those. It drives me crazy. Like I can call my husband out and I laugh about it. But when I see those traits in like my kids and stuff, I like I panic because I'm like, how do I change this? Because I I'm just like, no, don't play games. Just don't be passive aggressive. Like when Mitchell or somebody is just like, oh, like hey, why didn't you grab the keys? You know, the keys are right here. And I'm, or just like, why didn't you start the car? I'm like, why don't you just start the car? Why do we have to say something? I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. So if you could change it a little bit to not make it so offensive, and I don't mean offensive in a bad way, but you know, like less abrasive, let's go with that. Yeah. Do you feel like you could, is there a way you could adjust? Do you wish you would adjust your approach or does it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I have a really fast temper. Like I Mm. blow so fast and so easy. And I feel like I've learned to control it a little bit around people that like I can't blow on. I'm just thinking of a certain situation we were both in. Oh no, which one? It involved cameras and weddings. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when I (laughs) You're quick tempered. I'm very Which is so funny because what I did in that situation was I was telling Caitlin, I was like, just suck it up. Just act nice. Just, just pretend nothing's bothering you. Right. Hey. And that because I was being the mediator. In that situation, <laughs> did you actually go to the people you were 
working for and you're I like, hey, she's a little crazy right now. I was the middleman most of that she's evening. She's yeah, yeah. not herself. Yeah. But, but then I went back to her and I was kind of like, hey, Caitlin, you know what? Like, I can't inf- like, yeah. you know, manipulate your emotions. Like, I can't try to tell you to like not feel what you're feeling, especially, you know, with that s- specific situation. Like, it was, not that it was justified, <laughs> but um, yeah. I could see why she was bothered. And I, f- I always find myself trying to be that person who's like trying to make the peace yeah. or trying to and honestly, like clarify everyone's intent, yeah. you know. And that situation, going back to what Chase said, like I should have taken the, the high road. Like, and my problem is like when I'm, when I'm like pushed, <laughs> even when I think I'm playing it cool, like my face, like <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm like I'm just like wow, I did a good job at hiding that, and no, I did She's not. Like, good job, me. Yeah, that kind of blew Gross. up though, and so I think that it probably taught me a little more of a lesson. I think it did it in the long run. It hurt me more. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I could go back, I would um, definitely fake it till you make it because you know I think honesty is, is great. And I think that like, it's obviously so important, but if the situation and the two, you know, the, the party involved is not, does that make like, you know, like willing to <laughs> be on, like, you know, be like, try to find a middle. Yeah. Like, okay. Middle yeah. Ground. Then it can just do more harm. So and to, it, yeah. To clarify the situation <laughs> a little bit. <clears throat> so before this, a situation had already happened. There was already an altercation and then, Stephen asked if you'd be able to help with something, correct? Yeah. And so you showed up, and that was part of the altercation. So you showed up anyways as a part of it, and there was a lot of emotion still built up behind it. And And after the... So then you tried to fake it through the Mm -hmm. deal, but it's kind of hard (laughs) to avoid because you were being a photographer for Mm -hmm. these people. (laughs) Yeah. And so... At the end of that, you feel like it did more harm. Was it already stuff in there and you just regret what happened then? Or did it continue to get worse after that? Um, and that's what you regret, that it continued to roll or that what happened there was what you regret? Um, I think that it continued because maybe if I would have just hid my feelings a little more. Um, or do you wish you didn't even put yourself in that situation? <laughs> that's kind of my fault. No, well, no, I just looking back, like, would you looking back at what happened? Would you say, you know what? I shouldn't have even been there. Uh, no, it's just, no, I hired her to to help me. Well, I'm also a confrontation avoider, so I probably would have just never talked to them again. No, like I knew walking in, I knew walking into the situation uh, yeah, it wasn't like I went in to help Steven and just kind of was like blindsided. I knew what I was walking into. Um, we just thought that the other party would also fake it till they make it. Yeah. And instead they were extremely confrontational. Mm-hmm. Made it very obvious yeah. that they did not want us there. It was like Me. fire and oil. It was oil. like, hey, <laughs> you're not welcome oil. here, but we didn't hire you. So yeah. unfortunately you have to be here. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you didn't hire me. Unfortunately we have to be here because I have a contract. Yeah. And... You know, it, it was just a very awkward situation. So I was like, hey, look, like, I'm sorry, but we're here because someone else hired us and we have to fulfill that. It's a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, 
so then, yeah, it just, it, it, it yeah. adds a kind of a whole nother layer of like, well, should we have not been there? Should we have, and maybe there could have been more conversation. There probably should have been some more open, more dialogue, I guess, on, on both sides. But, um, but we made it work, right? I think by the end of it, it was a little bit more relaxed, but. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I should have still probably, I definitely should have done things different because days later it's still other. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think live that learn. this probably sounds so vague to any of our listeners. Like, yeah, what it's are they super vague about? and it's all done and over with. And it's, I hope I'm not a grudge holder. <laughs> so I don't, I haven't even thought about it in a long time, but actually when I, but I, I say that I am very not offended easily, but like the situation that happened, it like really hurt. I don't know if I was offended. You know, it really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it goes into again, friendship. it was kind of, not that it was justified, but when someone literally tells you, we don't want you here, just yeah. we're making it clear we didn't want you here to begin with. That's a pretty natural reaction to have is, is to be offended or hurt, right? Yeah. Now, if they were just, had said something like an off joke or something that was just a little off and you were just sensitive and you got hurt over yeah. a small joke, then that's different. But there is obvious, I mean, we're human, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So aside from, you know, the being... Uh, defensive of your friend and also she's here so not trying to hurt her feelings or anything <laughs> do you feel like the situation like how do you look at the the situation objectively to me it sounds a certain way and probably sounds pretty close to you but do you feel that she handled fairly well <laughs> and you can be honest don't lie yeah. me well i told her early on i said caitlin you're being super obvious <laughs> yeah, he did. i did he i did went after her i said caitlin you're being super obvious and like it's just worse for everyone now because now everyone's worried because they can tell, right? And Caitlin was like, what do you want me to do? Just tell me what to do. And I was like, like, suck it up. Like, just pretend it's not bothering you. Like, let's just be happy. Like, put a smile on your face. And <laughs> it didn't quite work. <laughs> I think I thought I did. <laughs> you were like, sure. And then the second you turned around, it was like, your face just Mama. dropped. And I was like, oh, poor Caitlin. But then I felt bad because it was not everyone yeah. is... A people pleaser. Not everyone's like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. You told us we're not allowed. To, we shouldn't be here. We breezed over that, but I'm not worried. Leona's going to get into one altercation. <laughs> She's like one possible confrontation with me, and I'll just never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like. I will let things go. I actually feel like I'm pretty good at that, and I don't want you to think I'm perfect. But Caitlin <laughs> has a lot to learn from me. Um, that is true no I just do not I feel like you can sleep on it and you'll be fine the next day I don't like talking about things with people I will just let it go and be like you know what we don't need to talk about it but do you actually let it go I mean there's some things I haven't let go I am a people pleaser and I will kind of be like two faced but (laughs) if you get me upset enough I'm going to balance out a little bit because we've had other people do this too, where they're overly critical on themselves. Yeah. You're not, <laughs> she is. Leona's not as bad. Like she's not, not bad. two-faced. Leona's no. like not here. Like she's just like a golden retriever in human form. I'm saying this <laughs> so. because I have been called a two-faced liar, which I think is really funny. Was it the person you told you had Taco Bell? <laughs> no. Is <laughs> that you two-faced liar? No, it's actually family. But, um, and you'll never guess because I have a big family. I have a lot of sister-in-laws. I have 10 sister-in-laws, guys. Yeah. Pray for me. Anyways, one of them told me <laughs> that I was a two-faced... Oh, oh, my gosh. Two people. Two of my sister-in-laws have told me... One told me I was a two-faced liar. One told me God hates liars. So... Maybe she was just stating a fact. 
It she's was like, a fact. If the shoe fits, I'm dropping this <laughs> okay, right here. But anyways, someone told me one time, they were like, oh, Leona's nice until you back her in a corner. So I have blown up at people. And I always have this theory, like, if you, any animal you push into a corner will fight. So if you push me into a corner, I will fight eventually. All right. That's your nugget of okay. knowledge right there. Anything you back <laughs> into a corner will fight. I'm just saying I'm a people pleaser, but watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just talked about ourselves. Is it that, or is it just because you've pent it up for so long that you're more prone to blow up by the time, by the time it gets to like an exploding point, you've held it in for so long that you're more prone to like an emotional outburst? Yeah, probably the emotional outburst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Caleb's pet peeve is when he asks me questions, which he asked me two at a time, and I just respond with. Yes, to one and of Caleb them. Caleb is your husband, yeah. in case people are listening. And, yeah. yeah, so Caleb, Caitlin, it's weird. Yeah, you've, you're attracted to these... Um, C's. Yeah. K's. C's for yeah. chaos, right? So, Chase, how would you... Are you confrontational? Are you... <sighs> Guys, we've already gone over this. <laughs> yeah, go listen to, like, the first 50 episodes, and they're all praising how Chase yeah, is, like... Chase perfect. Is... A good character to look up to. No. I think we we actually edited those out. It was really... Picking you apart. I know. So I feel like you should pick him apart. Oh, well. But I think he should pick me apart more. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, start picking at me so we can get in a fight. This is actually what happens. You guys had a conversation <laughs> and at my house and I was like the one egging Chase on. That is very true. You yeah. know, so I'm like, we just, can get into it. Why not? We, we yeah. kind of touched into it on our first episode back this, this year. Uh, so Chase and I had mentioned went on our first episode back this year that we were kind of struggling on coming back to the podcast because a lot of different themes had kind of popped up that we didn't know how to deal with. And, you know, we, we kind of view the world through a Christian lens and uh, a conservative, more conservative lens and just have certain ideologies and convictions and morals. Right. And now obviously we're two different people. So we have differing convictions and morals and differing opinions. Right. And, I, I started getting a little bit frozen up. I was like, well, I guess I was a little too black and white, probably, honestly. I was like, well, if we're going to offend everybody, we might as well not do anything, right? Like, because I wanted to be a little bit more unfiltered on this podcast. And we kind of all sat down one night. It was, Caitlin was there. Your husband Mitchell was there. Jason and I were there. Gabby, your wife, was there. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> Poor was. Gabby. She was doing, trying thing. so she hard to, like, like, mediate and just be like, uh, and, be uh, yeah. And then you two kind of started getting into it. A little bit more heavily, uh, more of a heavier conversation, I guess. And maybe because you're siblings, yeah. there's more freedom to do that. But um, yeah, talk about that. Like you guys <laughs> got kind of heated a little bit there for a minute. Yeah, I don't know if I get heated. Did it not? Did I get heated? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you were pretty frustrated. I don't feel like I was frustrated. I feel like I get when I'm expressing, it sounds like I am. Gabrielle does the same way. No, because you get like, you're not necessarily frustrated, but like you get, you're annoyed, you're bothered, you're worked up. I'm actually, it's more because of my inability to communicate what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you are really bad at that. Which <laughs> it's really good that I'm on a podcast. That it's that, right? Like, no, no, Chase is so deep. Like, as far as, let's start there. As far as confrontational goes, I'm not confrontational. I don't have a problem talking to people about difficult topics, but I've got to know that it's going to head somewhere productive, that the other per- person is acting good faith, that I actually have something good there behind it too. 
and I don't so have a problem. this podcast is a failure so far. <laughs> no. no, here's the thing I've noticed, though. It might not be confrontational, but I think you are argumentative. Oh, I definitely he's very yes. argumentative. And, and it's not so much about confronting, but I think there's, there's always... Um, we kind of talked about this even on Ryan's episode, the last episode, about coming in with this mentality of like, and you talked about it during the moon landing with your mother-in-law that you just came in right away to try to debunk her. Right. Like that was your intention. Like, no, here's the facts. Like, here's this. It becomes an argumentative conversation when you're just trying to prove your point or when you're trying to, and that's when Ryan came up with that quote that Caitlin loved so much. Oh my goodness, guys, (laughs) I am going to sell sweatshirts because of Ryan long. I'm like, if you guys want to pre-order them, please get in contact with the podcast, follow, subscribe, merch, and this will be merch. Okay. <laughs> What's the quote? The quote is, I'm probably not going to do it exactly right, but I've told Mitchell this quote, I don't know how many times. In the last week. <laughs> yes. I'm like, um, Ryan said something like, um, he said, you cannot, I don't think that you can be right until you have the attitude that you're wrong. That's pretty good. It is, I mean, maybe I'm like so, but I just was like, Chase oh my goodness. Like, facts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, no, no. There's, there's definitely, I've talked to you about it before. Um, and we get, we've had conversations about how your approach matters. Yeah. Um, so this is where we disagree. Yeah. That's fine. What do you, well, so you agree with Ryan, but not me, even though it's the same thing. No, because I don't want to say that. I think that you're too cautious. I don't want to say that you're right. No, no. Yeah. I don't want to say that you're right. But like, I think that you, yes. Like sometimes he, he's argumentative, but sometimes I think and I, I get, so our, our argument is if this person cannot take the, the conversation that we're going to have, then why even talk about it or bring it up? Like I, cause I am like, oh, I don't get easily offended. I can take it. I can talk about it. For me, it might not bother me to like bring up controversial stuff and like kind of get into things. It might not bother me, but it probably might bother other people, but I don't really, he's probably saying that I don't really think about maybe the other person or the situation or what could go down the way that I look at it is that you can, you said you can let things go at least some things you'll hold on to some things, but you can truly let things go. Correct. I think so. Not everyone can do that, (laughs) but when, okay, I get that, but I'm like, it's not never. And I agree. I can be cautious, but I look at it as the fact of that. Not everyone can move forward the same way that I do. I know. So what are we just going to like tiptoe around anybody that might get their feelings hurt because Mm. everybody's going to get the feelings hurt. No, but it's okay to wait until you have the right approach until you have the right opportunity. That's that, that, that time that you're saying I did not have a bad approach. Like, I think you thought in my head that I was like, what are you talking? Wait, what time are you talking about? (laughs) The time that I brought up, you mean? Oh no. At the table. I thought you were talking about the other time. I think we should just go into... No, no, that one actually was something completely different. Details. Yeah. Yeah, 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 guys. Exactly. Should we just say who it is, when it was, how it happened? Yeah, can we just start exposing? (laughs) There's the juicy gossip. There's the juicy gossip portion. No, so that's... I will talk about hard conversations. I have to be in a place where I understand that I'm going to be coming from the best place possible, that I'm giving it the best, to me, the best opportunity to have a good outcome. That's what I care about most, is not... At the end of it, and that's what the conversation with Ryan was about, or at least that's from my perspective. If you come at someone just to be right, you're not doing anything good, even if you are right. If you don't actually have something good outcome out with it, as in the person either becomes closer to you or they learn something and take something from it that is useful to them later on, then, and it's only destructive just so you can be right, then there's no reason for me to say it. 
I don't I have a, I don't have a reason no, to say it. No, okay, but I'm not oh. trying to say that I'm like. Should I not agree? <laughs> I'm like, I'm I sorry. Thought we're I want BFFs. to be your friend, well, not Chase. Really I thought we were BFFs. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Like okay, this goes so, down to friendship. Hey, tell me what I'm supposed to just <laughs> agree with. Always right. I'm okay. always right. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but wow. I'm not saying that I you go are, into this to be like people pleaser. <laughs> I'm right. I just sometimes I just am like, hey, let's have a hard, and maybe it is my personality, and I'm. A, I can be abrasive and I'm controversial, but I'm like, let's have a hard conversation. Like, let it get uncomfortable. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem getting Are you? Them. Yeah, absolutely. Then why I'm do you not. try to stop it? I there think was, we should move on to another subject. So why do you try to stop it now? This is very surface. Are you getting nervous? <laughs> no, it's okay. You guys are siblings. You do that. Yeah, uh, Stephen and, sister, and I are going to continue the podcast. You guys can <laughs> go just, in the other yeah, room. Yeah. So can you guys take that? Okay, yeah, we can not. We won't, we won't. We can. Uh, we can get into like our topic of friendship and stuff. <laughs> I think no, that is good. Rainbows, to, I think it's good to talk about things that are hard to talk about. But yeah, I also feel like some things. It's like why go there. I agree I, I do, to an extent, but I do feel like to bring any kind of resolution, you need to have, I believe there's good conflict, right? Like yeah. I, I think you yeah. can work through something to a point to where you come to, to a resolution and where you guys can either both compromise or, and maybe you won't change each other's perspective, but at least you've, yeah. um, at least you guys know where you stand. So if anything, maybe there's some understanding, right? Even yeah. if you didn't sway one way or the other or whatever it might be but yeah and I guess it's all about like knowing when to approach certain things so I do get what Chase means by that like maybe there's a moment where you're like this isn't going to be productive in any way right we're just going to be telling each other's points people might get angry hurt or offended so let's put it off until we can be at in a place where we can have something productive out of it but I do think I'm finding more and more that it's worth speaking up to try to work through something, especially if something's bothering you, right? Um, it's better than holding it in, right? I don't know. Like, I just <laughs> had a few instances where I thought I was going to resolve something, and then I went to that person to try and talk it out, and it got worse. So I feel like there's this fear of like, kind of ripping the scab off a wound. Because does that go to friendship in a sense? Like, do you only talk about? Do you know what I mean? Like, I can have those hard conversations. Do I only have those conversations where I'm comfortable with people that? can be like, okay, Caitlin's crazy. <laughs> like, let her talk, but, like, I can well, handle it. Well, gotta find out sometime. Well, they already know <laughs> that. If anybody no, knows so me, for those, they know. <laughs> for those situations, here's, I actually do, I think that you still should talk about them. If you have something that you can't get over, if you can't let it go, and there's few situations where I, I can't let something go, but if you do have something and it will bother you and there's potential for it to turn into something more, if you let something that gr- turns a little bit of anger, something like that, turns into bitterness towards somebody, something like that, Go take care of it. And my approach to that is, is that you go. She's all. Yeah. I gotta go, guys. She's out the door, y'all. <laughs> no, yeah. I actually do have experience with this. Yeah. I, like, experience bitterness, and I had always heard, like, di- bitterness is like a root, mm-hmm. and um, it can cause disease and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, sure. But then when I experienced it, I was like, yes, yeah. definitely. Like, I'm going to go to the doctor they're going to tell me I have cancer. And I'd be like, yeah, because I hate this person. I know. And, um, yeah, this I person gave me cancer. <laughs> just no, name it. it. Just, name her. 
really, I, I see what you're saying. And it was something I put off for years. Well, what and you do, even if it's going to get worse, that's what you do is you go in with the best opportunity and know that at the end of it, you're going to do your best to just leave it at that and then be able to walk away from it, knowing that even if the other person can't do something about it, even if they won't come to the table, yeah. they won't, and they'll just want to be so angry about it, you can walk away from it knowing that you can't do anything more and you have nothing to hold on to because you have given it every shot right. to be taken care of. And that's a process. I yes. mean, so my husband's from a family that they do not sweep anything under the rug. They <laughs> confront it right there. They're, they argue a lot. It stresses me out. I remember when I first got married, I just felt like, you know, they would argue about the rules of a baseball game. And I'm like, okay, so they're just not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize that that's normal for them. They love controversy. They love arguing. And that's how my husband is. So when I had this ought against this person, he just kept telling me like, you need to make it right. You need to make it right. And I just was not ready to. So part of me feels like the Bible says, you know, if you remember your brother has an ought against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go to him vice versa, if you have someone that you have an odd against. So I know you should take care of it right away, but I feel like you have to be in the right spirit and like... You say you have to have the right approach? The right attitude, the right approach. <laughs> like, what does approach mean? <laughs> Google that for me. Basically what you're saying, Chase, like you have to go into it where you confront them, talk to them about your odd... And even if they don't apologize, you've left it. Like you're ready to forgive them. Yeah. So this instance where it went on for a couple of years, I knew I wasn't ready. Like I knew that I, I mean, I imagined myself like on judgment day, Jesus was going to be standing by me and being like, you know, you hurt Leona and you were wrong for that. And I, was I love like, that yes. image so much. And <laughs> that's like he's got his arm around her. He's that's like, my girl. <laughs> That's kind of how I met. I like wanted just an apology. I wanted them to be like, you know what? You were right. So when I finally confronted the situation, they did not even remember <laughs> what all had happened. Like I had let it go on so long and I had to just be like, okay, you know, I accept that they didn't apologize and that I hung on to it, but I feel like you have to go into it already being able to forgive. Yeah. You have to have forgiveness like before you even go to them it's funny because it's not about forgiveness it's like accepting somebody's apology that's not what yeah. forgiveness is you it is being able to let wrong. go of it regardless that is forgiveness it is being even if they don't have it let go yeah. is if you let go of it that's the forgiveness that you have so yeah, it's, it's funny you think. yeah you say let go and i'm like i'm so good at letting things go <laughs> but that's something i hung on to for years really hmm. and um I just think that was a learning experience for me because that person was not phased by it at all. <laughs> and sometimes, just like sometimes you've probably let things go and someone else has been so bothered by it and you were just like, oh, it was another yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I can't really, I, I think that. I'm like, I'm sure I've offended people, but I'm <laughs> like, can't imagine really? why. How? Yeah, how? But it is weird to think like there's people going around with yeah. oughts against you <clears throat> because of something you said randomly and you don't even know. Gosh, I never even thought of that. Really? No. Don't tell him that because now he's going to be all, they hate me. They hate me. Is that person There's probably so much I've said and done that I I don't even realize. No, there probably isn't because you're so nice. That's not true. Now, Caitlin, on the other hand, (laughs) guys, there's a lot of people telling me. (laughs) 
all the good stuff about me. Tell me give, one good thing about me. Yeah, so no, Caitlin, I will say, there's, I, I don't have a full mindset that I'm 100% right on that my approach. That's how I approach things. But I also understand that it does not mean that it's the only way to handle things, the only way to do things, and that it's always correct. Caitlin's approach to things, too directly to it, will open up opportunities and things that otherwise wouldn't be there. She can start a conversation, and even if I don't think the approach is right, she started the conversation, and it would have never gotten to a point where an opportunity arose to where then that comes open only because mm-hmm. she did it the way she did it, and it wouldn't have happened if it would have been me approaching it. Mm-hmm. And I also, I do recognize that. That's not that I think that, oh, this is how you should always do things. Letting things go and learning from is moving forward is sometimes finding out that other ways work. Absolutely. I think that's such a good point because... I, you remind me a lot of my sister in a lot of ways, (laughs) my sister Naomi, um, she's kind of a type A, she can be abrasive and her and I clashed a lot because of that, because, you know, someone might say something that bothers her and she'll call them out on it or she'll bring it up and I'm like, just let it go. Like, it's not that big, you know, I'm just (laughs) like trying to keep the peace. But then I also envy people like you guys, because you guys are like defenders and mama bears and like stand up against the bully and it might be abrasive at times, but sometimes it's needed, right? Like, I think yeah. there is a time and place where something like that might might come to use or, like Chase said, might open up an opportunity. Um, and I think with any characteristic, a little bit nature versus nurture thing, like, if you let God steward that, I believe he can use that for good, right? Like, he can take those traits that make you abrasive or make you a little bit more outspoken. And if stewarded correctly, I believe that it can make you... I don't know. Like he can use that. Like for somebody's good, right? And it I don't know in what way it might manifest, but um <laughs> I don't know. I think know, you have to like, be so careful though, because I think that sometimes you can get like, oh, I am a defender. I can I I am controversial. I can like, but yeah. it could get me into a lot of trouble. Like Absolutely. I always say that like my like like I'm like I said, I'm so fast that I don't even like take a breath to You don't process it first. Like I process it very fast. It all yeah. just kind of process it as not, it happens. Yeah, she yeah. understands what she's doing. It's just she's very quick, very sharp, very pointed and direct to the point. And it comes, she doesn't have to think about it. It's just there. So yeah. she's always been that way. And sometimes that can that can and cut. it can hurt. That it can, can hurt. Yeah. yeah. But it's I think good. all of our personality traits, like God has made us certain ways, given us certain traits, but we can lean into them and go too far with it, or yeah. we can also try to temper it you know there's that balance of just trying to see what god wants us to be and how he wants us to act and not like leaning into it like oh i am yeah. controversial or i am this way i am this way because i was born into this family or but just seeing how god can use it hmm. absolutely and and i think being careful to not make it like an identity either yeah. where you're kind of proud of being you know, oh, I'm the peacemaker or I'm this or I'm the Mm. abrasive one or I'm the, like, you can make it an identity and then you just feed it, feed that, right? And I think that can become dangerous also. Yeah, there was a situation that somebody was like, Caitlin, you go do this. Caitlin, you go do this. It wasn't that long ago. And I finally was like, Mitchell is like this, like three or four things. And I'm just like, I don't always (laughs) want to be the one because no one else that has the guts to do it. Like, Hmm. I don't want to have to go. But then I've created it myself, you know. Then you also don't say no. And then I don't say no. It's not like I'm like, no, you you go talk to him. I'm like, okay. (laughs) 
I'll go do it. <laughs> you are such a people pleaser, but yeah. then you have this side of you <laughs> that you talk about that can be kind of blunt or abrasive or Yeah, quick. but I really am a people pleaser. But you are a people pleaser, which is so yeah. funny. No. Like, are you Caitlin? a people pleaser? Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know if she's a people pleaser. Are I, you just, you just mm, take uh, When's the last time things? you told somebody She's just no. really nice. It's not about that. That's what I mean. It's not that she's a people, she's not doing it to please people from what I can tell. I'm like, well, who's she I doing it for? Because she's not happy doing it. <laughs> like, you know, it's just not doing it for herself. <laughs> she's doing it as unto the Lord. I do think that um, is a big part of it. I think she takes on a lot as servitude, as serving others. She feels like that is irresponsibility. I don't. And yeah. I'm asking too. Also, I'm saying that's my perspective. We're coming yeah. here, and I'm wanting to know what you think. Yeah, I kind of bitch will be like, "You do it to yourself." That's like it always tells me, "You do it to yourself," because all you will get, like, I know this whole other conversations of like anxiety and depression, like all of that. What about those things? <laughs> I'm like, I do it. And the Mitchell's just like, "Well, you create it to be even worse because you put more on you. You put, you do it. You do this yourself." Because then I'll just have like these like overwhelming. But then I'm like, I, as a housewife, I am not a feminist. I can't be a preacher. Leona wishes she could be a preacher. I can't. So sometimes I think like this is my way to serve the it's Lord. It's a whole kind of worm. We're yeah. just like, yeah, she's like, I know, sorry, I'm like over cans I just went right from now, anxiety like, to depression like, to <laughs> feminist women to women preachers. preachers. Wait, 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 this is what I do. I drop all these bombs and I'm like, which one do you guys want to step on? Which Come to me. <laughs> no, so from what I've noticed from Caitlin is she comes across um I don't know Hard. what harsh yeah yeah but you're the one who does a lot you're always doing for people I'm serious I'm not trying to be nice <laughs> and Remember, like she's the people pleaser yeah no but like sadly she enough is the one that admitted she's a liar guys <laughs> I can be all talk and no action sometimes and that's where I feel like Caitlin is so different for me. Like people will think I'm nice, but then I don't follow through. Caitlin's going to do it. Like if she said she's going to do it, she'll be there. She'll be there yesterday. She's going to follow through. I might have good intentions, but that then. That is not true. That's You're absolutely more secretive. True. Well, I'm not about you, about her. <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't know about you. I'll let her decide that. But uh, Caitlin, that's absolutely true for Caitlin. No. Yeah. yeah. No. No. It's okay. Don't be critical of yourself. So anyways, let's talk about our friendship. Okay. And Actually, that is why our friendship, like this sounds, and I don't even know if this is going derailing, but I'm like, she's like talking all nice about me and I could say the same thing about her. Like we're so much alike in so many ways that, um, she's the same way. Like, she's like, you do so much. You do. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. You're doing so much. And then I'll talk to somebody and be like, Oh, well, Leona dropped me off dinner yesterday. And then she worked my ki- watch my kids. And then, and then she cleaned the Airbnb for her mom. Cause her mom's gone. And, and then she emailed me a, a gift card for coffee. Like, and then she's like, Oh, Caitlin, you do so much, but she is everywhere and anywhere. Leona is there. Like I, that is the thing with nurture and trait, like the McGarry people. If you know, a McGarry, there's none like them. Like, I'm like, I'm not even trying to, but I'm, I'm like, actually the worst one. No, the work ethic that your <laughs> that parents taught you. Anybody else if that's the yeah. case. I'm like the worth ec- work ethic and the giving and service that your parents taught you is like a sh- almost shameful for everyone else because at like, that is what you guys are known for. I've experienced this firsthand from both of you guys very recently. Oh. Uh, those first week when we got in the house and it was extremely stressful, extremely difficult, just completely worn down. And both you and your mom brought <laughs> us dinners, cleaned, 
stuff like that. I think you brought us multiple dinners. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we still she have did, a dinner and dish watched from my you. kids. <laughs> pretty sure you'll never get and that dinner dish back. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm not the best cook either, so it was it's delicious. kind of. But, but yeah, my mom is true. like that. She's pretty. You abrasive. both are like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Okay, I brought them dinner, guys, twice, <laughs> and watched my kids while I helped. Yeah, don't even get started. Where, I is this do like love turning into. <laughs> Keep it going. I do love like helping people, but it stresses me out too sometimes. I mean, I need to learn to say no. <laughs> okay. I'll like talk to her on a Friday and she'll be like, I just am so overwhelmed. And then I'm like, well, what, what, what is going on? She's like, well, we have this family from Europe and they're staying at our house for four months. And then I have to take lunch to Caleb. And then I had to cook dinner and then I had to clean this Airbnb, but then we have more family coming in. And then I have, and I'm like, and then I had these, she'll be like, I had this guy that Caleb did work for over for dinner and his five children. I'm like, you had somebody that Caleb did work for over for dinner with their children. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't, I can't even keep up with you. Like, Actually, this is nice. All three of you guys put me to shame by far in that department. I've had Steven drop off meals along with gift cards for like Grubhub, stuff like that during hard times. Steven has done a ton. So I can very easily true. say, and this is not just anything, I'm very happy and proud <laughs> to say that like the people in this room, I'm very fortunate to know and to be, have examples to me on how to help to serve to do those things because it is... But I think everybody uh, helps and serves in their own different yeah. way. Like I, I don't think it has to, to be... I would love to have dinner from you, Chase, <laughs> actually. I hope so. you Steak like and toast. eggs. <laughs> steak and eggs. Which They're were... terrible. Um, mate, it was the best steak I've ever had. Because you've never had one? He doesn't like steak. I've had steak, but I'm not. <laughs> like once. It's not that I don't like it. I'm just not a big mm-hmm. steak guy. Okay. I love how much this is derailed. But <laughs> you cooked me breakfast, and it was the best steak I've had. So, you know, plus there's a lot more. So yeah. <laughs> He's lying to my face. <laughs> I'm <But>. not lying. <laughs> we might need to record this whole. So I have a question for, oh. especially since what you have really dived into this a lot more. Do you feel like it is more nature or do you feel like it's nurture has it something that you've always been and something that's been inside you to do pretty um i guess naturally is a good way to put it right is it does it come naturally to you or is it something that you've had to work on a lot over time maybe Mm. we should define nature versus nurture a little bit before we delve too deep into that so this is actually a is an interesting point so nature and versus nurture is basically the who you are like how you became who you are what has shaped you so is it something intrinsic? Is it something that is can be hereditary, can be um, behaviors and things from your parents that come through naturally, not necessarily learned? Um, or is it something that is external to you, that has shaped you? Has it been lessons? Has it been people to teach you? Has it been experiences? Has it been um, things that you've gone through? And that can be nurtured to shape the person through experiences and adjusted what may be done by nature. And this is good and bad? Yeah. Yeah. Like good and bad traits of your yeah. life or yeah, who you absolutely. are? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's both. It's Man, so you guys hard. cannot even get into this conversation with Leona because Leona could have a whole conversation of yeah. issues. I, I think it's so interesting like that you are the person you are born, character traits that you have. But of course, I mean, the atmosphere that you're in is going to shape you too. And I think it's just going to magnify those things though. Because mm. if you have certain traits, um, the nur- nurturing is going to magnify your nature. Yes. Okay. 
So the environment you're in, which I guess is nurture, is going to like accentuate your nature. Yeah. Hmm. Because I do feel like God had, I mean, we're born just certain people with certain characteristics. And I mean, it is DNA. And, you know, we believe that he's planned all these things. You know, your parents got married, their parents got married, like it all plays into that. But I don't want to, I mean, I'm very privileged to grow up in a Christian home. You know, we're here in the United States. I feel like I've had a very comfortable life. So I can't say, you know, that that hasn't affected me, that I would be who I was, even if I was born in a poor country or was surrounded by violence. Hmm. But you've also had a lot of external forces that have probably shaped who you are currently today. Would you say those things only accentuated who you already were? Or do you think that there was new traits that developed after going through certain life experiences? Or traits that were done away with. Yeah. Yeah. Did you lose something, gain something? Um, that's interesting because I, I guess something that makes me really sad mm-hmm. is that I've changed a lot. And um, so I got married when I was 20. And then for anybody who doesn't know, I lost two siblings. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on who I was at 20, it's just like, I don't even know that person. And I guess we're going to go deep. But um, so I got married at 20, moved to South Carolina. And then when I was 23, my brother passed away. And then several years later, my sister passed away. And I was born and raised in Flagstaff. And when my sister passed away, we decided to move back home. And it's been home for me. I've known everybody here. Um, It's a small town. But I just felt like I had changed so much. Flagstaff had changed while I was gone. And even for my husband, I was like, man, I'm not the person that he married. Mm. But um, because I've gone through it twice, when my brother passed away, I definitely saw that it changed me and kind of for the worst. Mm -hmm. I didn't handle it well. I feel like I got really bitter towards other people. Um, I just felt like I didn't handle it right. And then when it happened with my sister, I just felt like I knew how to process it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel as bitter towards people. So it's like the same thing happened, but it had a different effect on me. Hmm. But it's super interesting because you say the first time around, it almost changed you for the worse. or That's what you're saying. But the second time around, you would say... Obviously, it was something horrible, but would you say that there was ways it changed you for the better? Yeah. I feel like I grew more as a person. And, mm. yeah, I, I just learned. I had learned from the first time and reacted to it differently. Do you feel like um, with your sister, like, your compassion, like, you changed, I don't want to say spiritually, but maybe the way you look at... Um, individuals? Yeah, individuals changed. Yeah, because when my brother passed away, I just was so mad at the world. I was mad at anyone who hadn't gone through that. And, you know, people would share their trials with me. And I'm like, okay, but did they die? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I just, even when we were around, like, my husband's family, I just was so upset that they didn't appreciate what they had. Um, You know, when they would argue or I was just like, man, you don't even know what it's like to lose somebody you don't appreciate. And 
I just was basically mad at anyone who didn't understand me and hadn't gone through what I went through. And it just took me years of realizing everybody's trial is big to them and just having more compassion for people. And um, when my sister passed, it, also, I feel like when um, something happens to you, you do realize you're not the only one. I don't want to say that. You know, I it took me a while to realize, like, hey, you're not the only one. You'll talk to people, and if you listen to them long enough, you'll realize, like, hey, they've been through things, too. Um, but I guess just maturity-wise, when my sister passed away, I was able to just be more, um, I guess the word is empathetic to other people. Because, hmm. you know, a lot of people yeah. had been sympathetic to me. Right. And um, so bringing Caitlin into this, <laughs> I... No. <laughs> um, so she hasn't been through what I've been through, but she's one of the most empathetic persons that I know, which is kind of weird. I don't know if your husband would agree. <laughs> very, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> she does not have any sympathy when he's sick, but for me in my situation, <laughs> um, she was one of the first people that called me. She was the first person that called me after my sister passed away. And she's always remembered like, the days that it's been their birthday or the anniversary of their death. And even though she hasn't been through it, I can just sense that like understanding and wanting to understand. And I really admire that. And that's something that I didn't even have for anybody, you know, going through it. So back to nature versus nurture, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, you can have like a certain characteristic and be able to show certain things without actually of having gone through stuff. So <clears throat> you said you were sad looking at your 20 year old self, like looking back at that. Why are you sad about that? I think I just miss her. <laughs> miss the carefree. Yeah. Like, I'm, I miss, free. um, I feel like I was really happy and carefree and easygoing and people have kind of like expected that from me. And so when I went through what I did go through, I feel like a lot of people um, didn't understand the change that, you know, I had gone through. And, um, yeah, I just miss that person. So are you happy with the person you are now? <laughs> no, Chase. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> not that I'm I like, mean that you don't have room to... <laughs> Um, so when we moved back here, it was really interesting because I had grown up here and I have mm -hmm. lifelong friends, but I know that they knew this old Leona mm -hmm. and that was not me anymore. And it's hard. But you when, feel obligated. Yeah. To I feel like I need to be Leona. that person. And, you know, people will be like, oh, you were so fun and you were so funny and happy. And it's like, I want to be that, but I can't. And so I miss that part, but I know that. Um, we go through things for a reason, and I hope that I can mature from it and grow, but it's just been a really long process. It is. Yeah, naturally so, right? I think, and it's so, like when you're saying that you came back to such a different Flagstaff, and it was such a different you, it was in multiple ways, right? You were now moving back home where two siblings weren't anymore. You were now moving back home where you were shaped by those experiences. You were now moving back after being gone years, and then this expectation of people like, yeah. And I guess I have that expectation of myself too. like, when will I be back to normal? 
Hmm. And I think going through those things, it's funny because you look back at, say, your 20-year-old self, and it may have been easier. It may have seemed more carefree or happier. But who you are, who you were when you started going through those things and that you wish you would have adjusted differently was the person that you were. And now looking at yourself, having gone through those, having been shaped, having been made stronger in these areas and improved in these areas, it may have been easier, but you look at who you are now and realize how much stronger you are and that you're better off now in the sense that you're able to handle those things. You are stronger in those areas. You are a better person in those areas, better than you ever were at that point. Yeah. Right. It may have, you didn't realize it at the time because you'd never been tested in that way. You've never had to exercise those areas in life, but you couldn't handle them then. And now you are, you have been made better. Do you think it's really that like she couldn't have handled them then, or she was just forced to learn how to handle it? Well, that's what anything is, is that you to grow or to do anything. And I very firmly believe you cannot grow in a comfort zone. You can't grow without strain and pain and hurt. It just doesn't work. And whether it's, Something as simple as exercising. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Wanna grow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you don't. And here's the thing, right? It's like, obviously, thank the Lord for getting you through that. But yeah. also, like, you look back at your young self. It's like, she carried you through that, too. Like, that yeah. was you. Like, that is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you obviously carried yourself, not carried yourself, but because the Lord yeah. carried you, obviously. But you got yourself through that. And maybe you're not the same, but you can look back and be grateful that whatever version of you it was got you to where you're at today. Well, I don't like change, but we all need to change. I mean, well, you've been through a lot of change for not (laughs) liking change. Yeah. I, I think that I like things to stay the same and, um, I've changed and I guess I personally don't enjoy that or like that, but I'm really thankful for a spouse. My husband, Caleb, I know that he sees that in me, you know, like, when I'm thinking I'm not the same person, he's like, yes, this is, this is you. You know, I, we didn't know everything you were going to go through. We we didn't know how you were going to change, but it's still you. And that's something I struggle seeing in myself like that. Hey, this is Leona. Like I want to be the old Leona, but I'm like, it's all me. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be hard to like reconcile both versions in your own head. When someone like your spouse is telling you like, no, like you're still the person that I loved then you're still that person. And he probably sees like the way you've grown. He probably sees all these new traits that you've taken on all these attributes that he absolutely loves now because of your experiences on top of you still being who you are, you know? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think we all just look back and we're critical of how we've handled things. And I think, we give ourselves too short of a time. Like, I think you think like, oh, like you should be over Jonathan. You should be like, you know what I mean? Like you should be not, not over, you know what I mean? Like not over him, but I think you think that you should be farther along, but I think this will never, like your grief process can never, maybe I'm speaking like, but like you'll always, there'll just be this continual change of like, oh, he would have been this age or he would have, this would have been his life. So I think there's new development constantly. And I think that like you personally in the season of life, like you just had a baby and you were like, had this family, like, did you, do we really like in this life that we have, like you go through these circumstances, we go through these trials, like give yourself the, like if you could just go and grieve, can you imagine if we were able to just like, you were able to go and deal with your problems secluded or however was the best way possible. Yeah. But you're such a people pleaser. 
even when you're grieving, like the stories that you told me, like after your sister, like you're still the people pleaser and people put so much pressure on you because you are such a people pleaser of like being okay. Like what people put on you. Yeah. Like I I definitely wish I'd taken more time and I look back, but I think we can all look back on like stresses that we've gone through and just wished like, Hey, I should have taken a step back and just allowed myself to go through it. And I, as Christians, I feel like we have this expectation of, I should handle this trial with joy and I should just move forward and speak in faith and I'm going to be fine. And we, you know, we don't like acknowledge when we're not okay or not handling it well, or when we don't have faith or we're feeling really discouraged or depressed. It's like, we don't want to admit it. We just want to say, nope, we're good. And everybody's like, oh, if you do say it, everyone's just like, have faith. You'd have to believe. And of course we believe that, but it's also like we're human. I don't think it's, I I don't actually think we're also supposed to just be that way either. I mean, Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Yeah. And he grieved and he didn't want to go through what he went through on the cross. He didn't, you know, that, that all those emotions and those pains, those are completely normal. Those are there for a reason. Um, And they're part of the process of growth. Like they facilitate it. And, and push you through a lot of those things. So they're not necessarily bad. You can, just like anything, use them badly. You can um, you can push too far one way or, or let it consume you or you can um, or push it entirely away and not handle it and let it sit there and fester until it does turn into something bad. But if you go through it and you do process it and you take it, those are not good in the way that they're like feel good, but they do help you grow. They are there for a reason. We don't have to avoid them. We should handle them. We should process them. We should go through those things and don't have to shove them aside or always be happy or always be those things. Life does come with difficulties and tragedies and it hurts. We should, but I think that's what we're saying is the pressure that I feel like, not, I don't want to say religion. How do you say it the nice way? Does that make sense? The pressure of- Like, it's like, I know that Jesus wept and I know that if I just like deep down, I know that he doesn't expect us to, he doesn't expect us to, but I don't want to say the church, but like people, yeah, I think it's like very easy to be like, oh, you need to have faith. You just need to do this. You need to do that. And it's very easy for us like to put that. We have these expectations, these boxes that we have to meet and we have to check and we have to like in any, you know, and on all of this. And I think it's very easy to almost like a comparison thing with social media, if that's a weird way to put it, in religion, church, spiritual. how are you handling this? And if if you're just like, I'm not okay. It's like, if if somebody were to tell me that, you know, in my head, I'd be like, well, we just need to pray. And of course, you know what I mean? Like, I believe that 100%. I do know that the only thing that can help in those situations is the Lord. But it's so easy for us to just be like, well, just have faith, yeah. honey. You'll be fine. Like, just pray about it. But I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Like, are you at home on your knees praying for me? That's what I'm saying because I don't have the faith to pray or believe for myself. So I need you to. And that's what I am saying is that that should be how yeah. we approach it. But is I'm like, do we? That no. And I'm no, speaking that, for myself. That you know pressure what I mean? like, and those things, and it's it, well, it's hard because you want them so badly to be okay. And so the person is like, they can't tell you anything other than that. And should we absolutely, and do they probably go home and pray for you and do that and try and not add to your, and maybe we should. They don't want to add to that and be like, oh, well, I'm so sad too. And just let you be sad and be like, oh, okay, just, you know, lift yourself up. They're trying to help you up. 
and well-intentioned or not, if you lost your arm or something like that, nobody would ever be like, oh, here, let me, let me help you up. Oh, let me get the other arm. No, they'd be like calling out, like, here, lay down. Let me help you. Let me get this for you. Let me do those things. And that's okay. That is to go through something and to have that much hurt and pain. It's okay to be that. And we absolutely, Caitlin, to your point, we should be that. We should be figuring out how can we support them? What do we need to do? Let's pray. Let's just be the form. They're going to be hurt. The person is going to be this way for a long time. That growth and that recovery is going to be a long time, years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And forever. Yeah. It will never, it is, it's a wound. It's a thing. It will be a scar. It will never just be gone. Those things will always be, um, if you tear a ligament or something like that, you're probably going to feel that for the rest of your life. It will heal. You'll be able to function, but you'll always be reminded when you do something strenuous or, you know, the weather gets a certain way that that ache and pain is there that you did go through that. Yeah. And you keep going, but it doesn't make mean the pain isn't there. It's a part of you now. Yeah. But like Stephen's last quote too, Stephen's good quote in the last podcast is like finding a little, what did you say? Finding a little bit of compassion, finding just a tiny bit of compassion can give you the mercy that you need for somebody else. Something like that. That's an original. It's good. (laughs) What did you actually say? You said something like that. Like, I just was like, you know how true that is? Like, I think if we can find... It's about the grace. Something about the grace. grace. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Empathy and empathy. grace. You might and be able like, to find grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So... For someone, yeah. I, I'm like, that goes back for yourself. I think that mm. sometimes you just have to find that tiny bit of, like, yeah. empathy or for yourself to be like, it's okay that you're not okay. It's okay that you're not the Leona of 20 years, like, 20 years old. Yeah. Unfortunately, your life circumstances don't allow you to be, Hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's not just because you decided like, okay, I'm done being fun and happy. Like you have trauma and, and I know that word is so like easily used, but I think that it's legit no matter what, like we're human and those are real things in our brains that trauma and I mean, I want to focus more on that. Like you said, it's, you know, I'm not that person and this is who I am now. That's, this is it's okay to be this person and not who I was then. And, um, back to what you were saying about finding empathy. Um, I feel like people could be more, um, sympathetic, empathetic. I don't really know the difference between those two, (laughs) but also we need to be more open and not just pretend like, Mm -hmm. you know, pretend that we're strong, pretend that we're handling it even to the subject of prayer. It's like, if, if you want someone to pray for a certain need, you have to be open enough to say, Hey, I actually have this really bad thing going on. You know, I have this bad sickness, like people need to know what to pray for. And so when you're putting on that front of, Hey, I'm so strong, all things work together for good. You know, Mm -hmm. don't worry about me. Um, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty open, but I really, as much as I'm a people pleaser, how I relate to people is when they're really honest with me, like, Hey, I'm struggling and, um, kind of going all over the place. But with my sister, when she passed away, that was just a lot of mind battles. And a lot of people would tell me like, Hey, you're so strong. And there would be days when I'm like, yeah, I, I do believe God allowed it to happen. I'm okay. But there's also times when you're not, you know, and it catches, and it's like, you almost want to laugh at those people and be like, I am not that strong. Like I really am not, but you just kind of keep going forward. 
And I don't think you should always confess negative, but also just being, if everybody was more open with what they were struggling with, then I think people could be more empathetic too. Kind of like that, like we talked the other night, how we were talking about a specific prayer. Like it's like, I I am, sometimes I feel like a private person. You could be like, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. I'm struggling with something, pray for me. And I'm like, okay, Lord help them. Like, that sounds terrible. But like, if in desperation of like, I need a specific thing, like he says to ask. So why don't we take advantage of it? You know what I mean? And and it's not confessioning like, and of course I think that you have to be careful of who you're talking to. If it is a deep, personal, hard battle that you're going through, then of course I would not just be like, because sometimes if people are like, I have this, I'm struggling with this, I'm this, I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm like, like, I don't know. Are we attention? Does that make sense? But I do believe in the power of, like the other day I was just thinking like specific. Like if I needed help from Leona, I would be like, hey, I need dinner. Like I need help with my kids. Can you pick up the kids? Like a specific thing. I need you to grab milk at the store for me. And she'd be like, okay, I will do that. But why don't we do that with the Lord? Why, why am, are we being specific enough? Are we too scared to be open and vulnerable and be like, no, I need this. And to tell somebody like, I'm not okay. And I need this specific thing. And I don't think it's like, I would never think if Leona was taking advantage of me, if she was just like, I need milk. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll go grab it from the store. What do you think stops us from doing that? Obviously it can be a ton of different things, but is that pride? Is that ego? Is it just privacy? Is it? I think it's pride. I think it's pride, but I think we've gotten so like, if I can, if I'm being totally honest, like I get entitled like as like, Oh, I'm a Christian. Like I'm a message believer. I believe I'm bride. That sounds really like, but does that make sense? And apply no, what in what mean? sense? Like, like you think like you don't I, have not to speak it to yeah, someone because it should just come to you mm-hmm. without yeah. having to ask Or like, even to the Lord. Help. I'm just like, I think that we can get so quickly entitled to think I'm better. Like, oh, I'll pray for that person because, ooh, they do need extra prayer. Because mm. I can see what they need extra prayer for. But I'm so entitled to think that I'm any better you know what I mean? Just as much. That like, I don't need it just as much, or I don't need to be as specific with the Lord as like, hey, that person needs help with this battle that you can maybe visually see, or maybe you're struggling, but I'm like, I might be able to see if somebody's visual need that I'll be like, ooh, need to pray for them more. But I'm not being specific enough to be like, hey, Stephen, or hey, Lord, like, like he already knows, but he wants to hear us. Absolutely. So is it like pride, or is it just because we've gotten well, it is pride. so entitled? That but is pride. Is that the same thing? Pride. It is part. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah, so I, I, I think they're both right. I think there's aspects to it. I think another aspect from my perspective and what I see is also, it's a lot, it, I think a lot, it's a lot easier to, um, when you go through something that you've went through, you have a lot more understanding and empathy of somebody who's dealing with something like that. When people are young, for the most part, they haven't gone through a lot of the things to understand what goes along with that. So they can't be truly empathetic. They can be like, well, why didn't you get up? Because every struggle and trial that they've gone through so far, maybe that's how they've been able to handle because they haven't gone through something world changing and just crushing yet. But the further we go on in life, the more we go through, the more things we are responsible for and that things happen. And in a strange way, we learn more by realizing 
that we didn't, we weren't really that strong. We didn't really have that answer. Then you go through something and you're like, oh, that person really does help because I, I know what that feeling is now. I didn't yeah. know that before. And so you're like, oh, you know, you know, just get up. You're going to be fine. You know, we'll continue on. When in reality, then a year or two down the road and they go through something, a little bit more time has gone on for that person. Then they go through it and they can look back at you and be like, there's no way they could have done that. Now yeah. I understand. <clears throat> and I think like as Christians, you always got to look at, obviously we're looking at our circumstance, but it's like, how could the Lord use my situation for someone down the road, right? If I'm always keeping my needs that eventually turn to testimonies to myself, like how am I ever going to help someone else? Like, yeah. you know, like if nobody knows, like everyone's just going to see you and think you are strong and okay and that you never have issues. Obviously, realistically, I think we know that everyone has issues, but that's kind of selfish on our part when you yeah. think about it. It's like, it's, that's why I feel us, like it is know? more pride. It's like we want to maintain this certain appearance mm-hmm. and we're not um, humble enough to just mm-hmm. say, hey, I've really struggled with that. Or, you know, I really need prayer because I'm struggling with this certain thing. And we just want to maintain this like facade. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, like Caitlin was saying, I think we can even have that facade with God because we're not willing to be like, I'm actually questioning you, your existence. I mean, I don't, I never questions God, God's existence. I believe he is, but I do remember when my sister passed away, it was like the closest thing that I've come to as I've heard it called like a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing well, it wasn't when I heard that she passed away, but it was a couple months later. I was standing in my kitchen at my pantry, and I think it was just this, like, why? Like, why did this happen? Why would God allow it? I don't understand what's going on. And that w- that's, like, hard to admit to people. Be Like, I was kind of questioning what the purpose was. You know, why would God do this? Is he a just God? Um, does he care? And I just remember something deep down where it, it was like this anchor of God is, that's all I know. Like God is God. And I don't tell a lot of people about that because it's kind of like, Oh, you were questioning God. And, you know, they see me as hopefully a Christian, (laughs) but, um, you know, they're, they're just like, oh, you're so strong and you're just holding through it in your faith and you're just accepting it. And, you know, you're saying it was, you know, all things work together. And it's like, I'm, how am I going to tell them? Actually, I, I'm not feeling that way right now. Like it's, it, it is really hard to be open like that. But, and I feel like if we were, somebody might just really get burned in and be like, wow, I'm going to pray that God gives you peace or understanding of it. And some of those things we have to work out ourselves, you know, and I feel like, um, I don't know when it was, but I, I heard this song called, I choose to be a Christian mm-hmm. or I choose to believe. And it just made me realize like, it's just a choice. It's a choice to believe in God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know some people have had God prove them, himself to them, but 
for me, it just was such a revelation of like, I have to choose to believe. I have to choose to believe that God is in control, even though everything in my mind that's happened makes me question it. You know, it's just a simple choice. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it's where you've been stripped away from everything else. And it's that thing inside you that is there, that you just know. There's no other proof. There's nothing that could still prove that it's there, but you just know. And then you accept that for what it is, and you just hold on to that regardless of everything else. And it's not that it makes it all better, like you're saying, it's not that it does, yeah. but that's that's all it is, and that's all you have. And I think to really build the relationship with God, that's where all of us have to start at some point when it's just you don't have anything else except for that he's there holding you, and you don't know if everything else is going to be okay or not, but you know that he's there and yeah. everything else is gone. And but- that's where I hope I can help people. I mean, I'm not in a con- contact with like a lot of people to help them, but um, that's where I think when you share what you've been through and I've always been so blessed. I mean, I've been in church my whole life. I've heard a lot of sermons. There are times that I remember just somebody sharing like, Hey, I went through this time. I remember um, there was somebody that came from Africa and he started talking about depression and actually that his wife had been going through it and he just was so vulnerable to talk about like how he didn't know how to handle her and and how she went through this time of depression and I just was so blessed it wasn't even that he was giving me like um an answer or like a special you know this is how you get over it like if you're depressed do this it was just like him sharing what he had gone through and it just touched me so much because it's so special when you realize you're not the only one going through it. And, um, so, you know, back to my crises of faith, it's like, if somebody came to me and talked to me like, Hey, I'm questioning God. I feel like it's more helpful for me to say, Hey, I've been there. I understand. I don't even know what you would do about that. Just, you know, hang on, like pray and just wait until the Lord shows himself to you. It's not like I have some formula for, well, this scripture that I I just feel like you can't explain, you cannot force somebody to see your point of view or, or it has to be a revelation. Not in that way. And kind of with arguing too, though, (laughs) it's like, you know, you can't be right if you're, if you're not going into it. What did you say earlier? (laughs) You have to be, you have to. (laughs) Until like you're this, right, you it's have gonna, to. It's going to be like tel- playing Michael telephone. Michael. Caitlin Wilson, it's gonna, Ryan Long. It's going to be like telephone by the end of like the year. It's going to be like, it's you're never like, right and you're, you're never, never wrong. Right, you're never wrong. Everyone's wrong. Everyone, Caitlin's yeah. right. We're like quoting Everyone else Ryan is wrong. Long. You're always right. <laughs> Ryan Long. You can't be right until you have an attitude that you're wrong. Yeah. I don't know how I was going to bring that together. But, well, but uh, um, I, yeah, I think even though you're saying like you don't have a formula for that, just the simple act of you being having gone through that and being present for someone is an immense help. Just like that preacher yeah. who came from Africa was a huge help for you. It's not like he gave you some formula or some secret advice. It was like, Hey, you're not alone. Like yeah. we're, we're getting through this, whether it's together or I've gone through it and like, I'll yeah. help you even if it's just sitting with you. But it you doesn't know? circle back a little bit of like the vulnerability and how prideful and, um, um, yeah, entitled that we are. 
<laughs> like that, like I look at like say my kids or even these young kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old that maybe we've had the appearance of everyone around them. These adults seem to have it all together. Like you don't really see maybe their trials and I'm not saying you have to go voice them, but I don't <laughs> think that we're like maybe talking it about it enough with these kids of like life is hard. Like I tell, we've been telling our kids lately, like, and it's really sad because we're like, you will be tempted. Like somebody will come up and be like, do you want to try this drug? Do you want to try this alcohol? Like, and that sounds really harsh to tell them. It will happen. But if you do do it, does that take away the love of God? Because it's just like mom and dad have been there. It, it, a bunch of people, you talk to anybody, they have been there, but like, unless we're vocalizing this to them of this is real, like, are they going to be open to talk about, Hey, cause then like Chloe's like, mom, I'm just so scared. Like, I just want to be a Christian my whole life. What if I do something wrong? I'm like, what if I grow up and I'm not a Christian anymore? I'm like, well, what do you think not being a Christian is? But I'm like, once going back to your choice, it's going to have to be your choice of believing that there's a God and that he loves you. Like breaking it down. It's like, we make these bad decisions, but we have to make the choice that and just having faith and believing him. And it goes to Leona's point of that. Yeah. It is a revelation and that it's, it's a point where it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. There's no logical words that you could put to it. That would really explain it. That would convince somebody. You couldn't yeah. take that experience and convince someone because of the logic of it, yeah, it would still have to be that personal it's a thing. Personal but my question is, is like, are we being too quiet? Well, and there's like hiding things from I think, these kids growing up. So it's hard because it's nuanced because you can overshare. Yeah. And it's not where you want to harm people, but you can then become a stumbling block because there is, they do look to you for guidance and they do look for you to be strong. And if all of a sudden you remove that completely, and we have family members who had that and it knocked them off course, went through hard things, saw people go through hard things. Name them off. <laughs> Just kidding. And went through and, and knocked them off course. But so it's not that you need, it's not that you need to hide, but it's again, it's not. No, but what I'm saying is like, was it vocalized that, was it, was it just like they saw that this person made a mistake or they knocked, it knocked, it's an excuse to me, but I'm like, it knocked, I'm not, okay, I shouldn't say that. They use it as an excuse. It, I do believe that it's real in their life, but was it vocalized enough that these situations can arise? These situations will happen. I think I know what you're saying. It's like Do you, yeah. the first time that you, even for me, you look at these people you really admire in your life, your parents, elders, just people you've admired. And then you look at yourself and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm yeah. not as far as long as they are because you just think, Oh, they haven't gone through anything. And then, you know, you take that to your kids, like you say, the first um, roadblock they hit or the first trial they go through, are they just going to think, oh, I'm not there yet. I can't do do this this because I, you know, I, my parents are perfect or so-and-so is perfect. They've never struggled with this. So I'm a failure. Yeah. And well, there's, so I do agree. There's a point where you do talk to them, but it's, um, when do you talk to them? When are they ready? And in what setting? And who tells them? Because if everyone just tells them and they're not ready and they don't have any contextual understanding of the situation of how it is and the difficulties that come with it, if you tell a kid that his hero did this thing really bad and you have nothing else to it 
and it's not, even if you tell them that they're not perfect, they will never see that person. Even if they do deserve, even if they've done all these good things, they're back on track and those things, you can completely ruin the perspective of that person and that may change the course of their life. Well, if that person can't do it, there's no reason in trying or something like that. Well, and I think that's where the conversation has to have some nuance to it. Like, you're not just going to tell them like, hey, the world's... yeah you know, this just kind of expose them and like tear the veil off and be like, look, it's so ugly. So don't get scared when it happens. It's more, I think about like, that's where empathy comes in. That's where you teach them like, look, and that's what I pointed to God and not the person. Right. It's like, if you look up to these people, just know none of them are perfect and none of them are righteous of their own accord. It's like, Mm -hmm. so when they fall, because we're human and we're all going to stumble, it's like, don't let that shake you. Right. Like you tell them we're not perfect. That's why we need God. That's why we we have these things in place. That's why we try to keep conviction and morals and, and values in our home, because we we need that structure. But when we fail because we're human, don't let it shake you. Right. Like get back up, get back up. And it's not God's fault. Right. And I think yeah. that's a lot of times when when people leave the church and I was there, it's because it's like, oh, everyone's all messed up everyone's just like it's like yeah exactly like that's why we're going because we we can't do it without the lord and that's what i mean you're you don't want to explain geometry to a six-year-old you don't want to just throw everything on them and expect them to handle it as if someone is in high school or they're in college and they've been prepared and they've gone through things and have more understanding and i'm not saying like six-year-old i'm more saying like 15 16 these young kids that are getting older well even that. but even like my kids now like mm-hmm. austin the other day is like dad what is cannabis like reading and you're like being brutally honest i don't know if it's right or wrong it's just like well and it depends on who you're t- it is it all depends on who they are are they ready are they individually it's not like hey they hit 11 years old and they're ready for this topic this topic and this topic there may be yeah. guidelines within that that you're like okay here but if I know that Oliver is going to grow and not be ready for certain things that other kids are. They're just, that's how it's going to be. Your not, kid is going to be like the simple faith. He's just like, exactly. Jesus is There's gonna be bigger things than that all are, things. Yeah. <laughs> and so it does, it comes to the individual and how do you, yeah. what works for them? How do, how do you bring across the lesson without bringing all of the destruction that could come with I it? I agree to that, but then... This is where we get to argue. Okay, let's argue. I'm like, I agree to that. But Steven when then I, I feel so like, nervous. are you back to you're being too cautious? Because I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait for the right time, the right time. And I get that. I understand that. But if we're going to keep waiting to just make sure that kid can handle it or we don't want to hurt that superhero, we no, don't no, want to no, do this. Again, that's that's misunderstanding. Or I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I agree that you do have to be able to express these things. You do have to be able to talk to them. I'm not saying you shouldn't. And don't get scared, people. I'm not going to go and tell your children all about. I'm all, <laughs> come here, sit down. <laughs> I need to tell you about my problems. But that's what I mean is that it's not even, it, it is on them and how they're going to understand it. But what you do has an effect and unintended effects. And whether you like it or not, best intentions or not, those unintended, unintended effects are going to happen. Yeah. I think that I, I think more, it, <laughs> going back, I think more, I think like, um, how do you say this? I, I feel like we've gotten so checked the boxes and I already said that and worried about what this or that or careful about telling them these things that like sometimes you just want to tell these kids that it has to start with Jesus. Like put everything else aside. 
put that problem aside. If you are struggling with something that's an addiction or something, and even if they're young or old or whatever, it's kind of, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, don't, I'm not saying forget it and just do it, but I'm like, put that like, okay, like you do that. You smoke cigarettes, you struggle with cigarettes, like still get to, like it has to start with the Lord. It has to start with a relationship with him. But are we so worried about, are we forgetting to tell them? And I'm not trying to be like all like new agey, like Jesus loves you. It's all good. You can do what you want. But it's also like we've gotten so a law of like, these kids are like, okay, well, if I do this problem, if I have this struggle, I struggle with this, I struggle with this. I better not talk about it because I'm not allowed to struggle with this. And if somebody does struggle with it, we're going to tell everybody about it. So let me put it this way. Am I getting too if complicated? You, if you tell somebody, a kid is struggling with cigarettes, right? And let's say you've struggled, and I know you haven't, but let's say, you, hypothetically, you have. And you go and tell, and you go and tell a person that, hey, I was, I struggled with this. I know how hard it is. And that will help that person. There's another person sitting right next to them, and you're like, well, I'll just, you know, tell them to share my testimony here. And you say, I struggle with this. And they struggle with a judgmental spirit. But and then, then that's... That's what I mean, is you may not understand, and you're just like, oh, I'll tell everybody this, I'll tell everybody this, I'll tell what I struggle with here, and there may be a time for it. But what you might do to that person is then put something in them, and it is something that they struggle with that you don't have to deal with, but then they go through life and all of a sudden cannot get past judging you, and it's so stuck I with them. So I have to suppress my testimony no, no, to make no. sure that that's, I'm not making somebody not else judge saying. me. No, that's not what I'm this saying. This is what's really cool, though, <laughs> just listening to you guys. Um we as parents and as people, we cannot know everything. We can't know how you would react to something. We can't know, you know, that's such a struggle of being a parent. It's like, do I give them more love or do I correct them more? Do, am I, should I be hard on them or should I just show them mercy? You know, every child is different and it's so hard to know, even with people, you just don't know how they're going to react, but God does know exactly the way we're made up exactly how we react and he puts us through the exact trial that will mold us and as humans we're going to make mistakes we're going to do things wrong with our kids um but god does not so he puts these specific trials on each of us you know he might Someone might struggle with anxiety and he's like, okay, this will mold them into this person. But the next person he knows, you know what, you can't even handle that. So I'm not going to give that to you. And it's so beautiful because God, he knows exactly what to do with us. And we as humans just don't know anything and we don't know how to deal with people. We don't know how to raise our kids. We don't know how to deal with ourselves. And it's just really hard because there's so many like facets Mm -hmm. of a person's personality and yeah. um it's true. yeah it is it's kind of that nature versus nurture right it's like <clears throat> yeah. you can instill all these traits into them and, and bring them up in a certain way but then there's going to be that nurture element of these external forces that might shape them into totally something different yeah and um, uh, we take too much responsibility on ourselves as far as feeling like we have control honestly feeling like we that, have control would you say <laughs> that to his point about like being careful with like if you mention cigarettes to one person who could handle it, but the other person might take you as judgmental. Would you apply that in that sense? Like pretty much once again, whose side are you going to take? <laughs> um, <laughs> don't forget that yeah, I am driving that's, you home. Yeah, that's, I don't know the answer to that. Well, I, what would you yes, say, Steven? Again. 
I think it's really hard to discern those types of situations. I think a part of me wants to be like, how is that? Like, how would you, how would I know? Like, how is that my responsibility to a degree? Right. Um, And this kind of actually goes back to our podcast stuff. Like Mm -hmm. there's a certain image we could potentially put out and I'm like, but that's not, you know, that's, there is there is an accountability on our part with how we present ourselves but then there is a degree where that other person might just be in a place and we can't always control how they might receive things right and it's hard because i do think that each applies to different situations and i could have an interaction with someone who can turn around and be like steven was really rude to me and i might not have thought that right i might have actually been in a good mood and they might go around feeling hurt or offended and like, okay, so do I take that on me? Should I have to go make that right? Um, I don't know. People could argue that, right? Because I can't take away their truth. I can't take away that I obviously made them feel some sort of way, even if that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And so it's hard. I think it's really hard in those kind of situations. Um, and I think there's always been this fear for me growing up, uh, especially watching my, so I don't have any kids, my, my sister and my brother-in-law, whose kids are, you know, now 17 and 16 and, and are kind of through that whole teenage years and them having to navigate, well, because I do believe you should teach your kids before the world does. I mm-hmm. do think that. I do think you have to get to your kids before someone else teaches them because in getting more adult conversation here, like you bet someone's going to tell them about sex. You bet someone's going to tell them about drugs and alcohol and all these things. And it's like, you can control how you tell them, right? Mm-hmm. And they might not receive it 100% correctly, but if you don't do it, someone is going to do it. And there's this question of like, well, when? And, and you kind of try to gauge that person's personality, right? Like with my niece and nephew, it's like, well, they might be able to handle this conversation now. They might not. Do they already know these things? We need to teach them, right? And and then there's this fear of like, well, if they don't know about these certain things, am I now planting a seed, right? And you can get really paranoid and caught up in all these like conversations of like when and how. Um, but I think that's when you approach things prayerfully and mm-hmm. with like, Lord, like having faith, like I want to teach my kids about this and, and tell them about the world and the things they might confront. And then it's in the Lord's hands, like, because they're going to go out there and they're going to confront all these evils and all these things and all these temptations. Now, I, I do think, um, like to Caitlin's point, it's hard to like paint a picture of like, Hey, Everyone has issues. Everyone's tempted because you can cross over to like a wishy-washy territory, right? And you see it. I mean, we've all seen it. We all have those church friends who live that really half life and they have one foot in and one foot out and they're okay going out dancing and partying and drinking. And then they're there Sunday morning. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way, but there are certain convictions and, and things that we know we must stay away from because they could be a detriment to our spiritual life to to our marriage exactly or your nurture um and so when you're not careful i think you can err to the side of like it's fine we're all human all these things you're going to be confronted with all these things and if you're not careful you'll overfeed that to the point where you live a half life where you live this sort of wishy-washy life then suddenly that you slip more and more right if you're not careful like oh it's okay to go out dancing your kids like people do it it's a fun time you'll grow out of it it's like you don't know what they might confront you know when when 
when you let these certain things slip slip in. So I, and I don't have kids, obviously I haven't had to navigate this, but just watching and having been through that as a teenager, um, it is such a delicate balance. It really is. And I think you just have to pray for wisdom and discernment for each situation. That's where I think we fail or I fail. Um, we were talking about this the other day, prayer mm -hmm. and praying for specific things. And you can apply that to praying for wisdom on how to handle every specific little detail. And, um, I definitely don't pray for wisdom enough. There's a lot of things that I'm like, Oh, I know how to handle that. I kind of know what's right. But just even with dealing with people praying more for how to handle a certain situation, because you might, it might be different with one person. You know, I might be able to go up to Caitlin and just hash it out. And then with Steven, I, you know, need to be more sensitive. So it's like praying and asking <laughs> God, like, yes. just hand him a thing of tissues. Um, yeah. And we don't do that enough because we think we're so smart sometimes. Yeah. We either think we're smart or we, we don't want to admit that we don't know. And that's the point of, <laughs> When like, you when you go to some, I will win this. He's like, He's I like, will. Coming back to what I was trying I'm not to confrontational. I, I will be right. No, but that is to it. And you actually had the answer first. Is you put you do the thing that you're going to tell them to do. If you do nothing else, and you tell them put Jesus first. But you do that before the conversation that you're going to have with the person who's struggling, or with the person who may not be. And because we should be listening always for that thing, is what I have to say for this person, or is it for all these people? Or is it for nobody? Is it our choice to tell somebody something? Or is it what the Lord has for somebody else? And that's the truth of it, is that it's not its not that I think, oh, well, we shouldn't tell them this or it's not that. Leona said, the Lord has a plan and a way for everybody. And if you're the person, and I've had to deal with this in a lot of ways of like, I don't need to be everything for somebody. I may not be able to fully sympathize true. and empathize. In certain ways, I would love to understand in some ways the anxiety and stuff like that. Not so I would have it, but so I'd be able to do what I wish I could and really get down and, and have that full understanding of how I could pray for you, of how I could be there or what I would do. Because right now, it probably does sound like, oh man, well, you know, cheer up. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know the path to get out of some of the things that you've dealt with. So I just pray in the only way I know how, but I already know that there are other people who have dealt with things that we'll be able to pray more in depth and really touch the Lord in the ways that he, and he has those people there for a reason. I'm not there necessarily for that reason. He has people in place and I need to be okay with that. But I also then need to listen. If I'm going to go and say, Hey, cheer up, man. Good luck. With you. You're going to be fine. Just, just shove it aside. And all that does is drive you further into it. And like, why can't I do that? If maybe if I would have been listening, the Lord would have been saying, Hey, just, Leave him alone for a little bit. I have someone coming to talk to him. And I didn't need to say anything. But I've decided that I needed to try and cheer you up. Or I needed to tell you this one thing. And it did exactly because I decided the thing that that's what Satan wanted. Unintentionally. Best intentions. The Lord already had people there. He didn't need me. He has what, what you need. And it's not me whatever it is. If there's something he wants me to tell and has something for you from me, then that's what I say. That's what I do when that time is right. But until I hear from that, if I'm deciding to do those things, most likely, and this is just me, I'm going to mess it up. Me deciding to do things throughout my life has continually messed things up. And so 
for me, I try and stay quiet a lot. It may not sound like it right now, but <laughs> that's, um, yeah. Well, and the other side of that is for, is you don't always have to be understood either. Mm-hmm. I have Next really, quote. So <laughs> next sweatshirt. I, that's guys, so I'm going to be a millionaire. You don't always um, have to be not understood. Not if you don't actually do it. Man, that's what so did good. you say? I need you, to don't always, you don't always have to be understood. Yeah, you guys, you don't need to I need to write these down. Hey, I have well, so many sweatshirts to me. Okay, I'm sorry, but not, it's going to be a book, not a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, always need to be understood, but no, I think people want to be understood and they want to help. Like Chase, you might feel like you want to be there and, and help everyone and be everything to everybody. Um, but the other side of that for me is just, you know, I don't have to share my story with everybody. I've, when I first went through the things I'd went through, I just wanted to explain like, hi, I'm Leona and this has <laughs> happened to me. I lost two siblings and you know, you might be like, hi, I'm Steven. Um, go I ahead. What are you going to say? I'm the obese. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, you didn't have to announce that. We can tell. But, um, I just realized like, I, this not everybody has to understand me and I, I want them. I want them to be like, Oh, that's why you are the way they are. Or you are, I do have multiple personalities, but, <laughs> For we are many. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just like, you know what? You don't have to tell your story to everybody. You don't always have to be understood, but it might help one person. And mm. that's where you just need to open up to when you feel led, like open up. Um, you don't, we don't have to share all our struggles and, and just go around and say, we're not perfect. And we've had all these problems, but when it matters and when you, you feel that it could be a help just being vulnerable and saying, Hey, this is how I got through this, you know, or sometimes you can't say you've been gotten through it, but you're going through it. And maybe that's a help to someone So come back for Leona's preaching next week. Be back for our next <laughs> sermon. <laughs> uh, yeah.